You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wilhelm, editor-in-chief over at Windy City Gridiron. And I am joined, as I have this whole season here, by Dr. Mason West. Mason, what's going on, man? Are you doing good uh, this this lovely Friday evening? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, it's actually really nice out, which is a little weird. Last couple Fridays, I feel like I've been chilly. So, you know, actually getting to enjoy being outside a little bit after this, I think I have, you know, a drink on the porch, just enjoy the evening. Nice. Are you a fire guy? Do you have like a place to put like a, a fire at night outside by your house or? No, I wish. We have a condo and they have all these rules yeah. about it. I mean, I'm lucky that I have my smoker out there. I had to fight for that. So I'm not pushing it with any uh, fire pit or anything. Yeah, we had a smoker at my condo for a while, and it was uh, the smokers are awesome. I got a little bigger smoker, smoker smoking. If you, if you guys are not smoking, if you're only on a grill, if you never had a chance to go to the smoker stuff, it's so easy. Like it makes me feel like I know oh, what yeah. I'm doing because I have the the probe, right? The probe thermometer. Yeah, I just you know, make sure that you know there's water in there every now and again. Make sure there's enough wood chips. Then you, you pull it off and you're like, everyone thinks you're like a, a, a chef. You know, it's like, nah, man, 16 hours I slaved away making this uh, this roast. So meanwhile, you're just sitting on the couch the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then one of these, I'm going to get, I'm not very, I'm not a tech guy, but one day I'm going to get it hooked up to my phone because they have those smoker apps now. It's where you're, it hooks up to your thermometer. That's what you mine has. That? Yeah. Mine's like a master built 800. So gra- gravity fed charcoal, uh, throws, you know, he said some pellets in there. Phone dings when it hits the right temperature, warns you if there's a flare up. It's awesome. I knew you would have all the fancy stuff. I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, so before we get into the uh, Bears and the Giants, I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the, the the Thursday night game. It has been the talk of the NFL world uh, since last night, and that's the injury to Tua. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. I'm just not that skilled. But last week he got the what looked like a concussion. Uh, it turned out it was back spasms. That's what they said. Um, man, from the TV angle, everyone thought it was a concussion, right? So from your perspective, as someone who understands what's going on here, he had to go through some testing there right on the field to get cleared. And then, of course, he had more testing after the game. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what the test he had to go through to get him cleared in the first place? Yeah. So, you know, when a player gets an impact to the head of any kind and they exhibit some sort of symptoms or signs suggesting a concussion of some kind, uh, they're pulled off, right? And then you're going to go under that assessment. Sometimes the other way would be like the athletic trainer or the booth, you know, they, they might just initiate the protocol. Yeah, so the spotters, fact, right? Watching for Right, that exactly. So the fact that they even had the inkling that this is going to be a concussion, we're, we're seeing something here. That to me was already like, okay, there's something funky going on because people looked, saw symptoms matched on the field. Everyone was like, we were saying people like, this is a concussion. Um, so that, that happens. So then you do a sideline survey, right? You take a look at the person, you, you take their helmet off, the team physician um, ends up going through a couple things. So there's some no-goes. So basically there's no return to play if the player had a loss of consciousness, some gross motor instability. So that's testing the upper motor neurons. You're looking for strength deficits, things like that. Um, there's a couple of tests where 
you'll actually see potentially spinal cord or brain injury with beating of, you know, of eye movements, beating of uh, musculature, things like that. Confusion amnesia. If any of those happen, they're not coming back. Uh, some of the other ones might be, you know, the specific history of that event, some of the concussion signs and symptoms you're looking for. Um, so, you know, light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, uh, nystagmus, which is a beating of the eye. Uh, and then you're going to like focus on that neurological exam. So a cervical spine exam, like including range of motion, pain, evaluate speech. Is there slurred speech? Are they talking slow? Um, observation of how they're walking, gait. And then, like I said, uh, diving even deeper into some of those eye movements. Now, with that kind of stuff, if, if, if all of that's normal and then the video looks relatively benign, then they're going to go back to play. If any of that is funky, though, and you suspect that suspect a concussion, you go to the locker room. You do a full NFL scat. So that's basically just this concussion test. And then you do another even more depth, in-depth neurological exam while you're in, in the locker room. Um, if any of that's abnormal, the player's going to stay in the locker room and you're probably going to, now you're done, done. The problem is Tua never really even got to, to that point, which is in, insane yeah. to me. You know, he got to the sideline survey and then was like, nope, you're good to go. And, but even just by the video, by the gate, like we, we talked about, he could barely walk. Um, him rubbing his head, shaking his head when he when he came off, I find it very hard to believe that he truly passed that sideline survey. I mean, is it possible that the players are to the point now where they're because because preseason they all take a baseline test, kind of see where they're at, right? Yeah. And and you know, uh, from talking to you earlier today, you kind of mentioned sometimes players sometimes I kind of skew that a little bit because they know it's you know I mean this is their livelihood, right? I mean some players, I mean they they just want to play. You know, no matter what they want to get on a field. So, so those sideline tests, those aren't quite as easy to skew because I mean, it's it literally, a, if there's a concussion, it literally just happened. So there's no way to kind of cheat that test. Is there? It depends on which parts you're talking about. You know, if you're talking about the range of motion and Hey, does this hurt? Hey, things like that. Are you dizzy? You know, a lot of those are questions. You can cheat that part. You can't yeah. cheat the upper motor neuron tests. You can't cheat. You know, if you have nystagmus, like I said, the beating of the eye, that's going to show up regardless. Um, so some of them you can, some of them you can't. It depends on how well you do the test. If you have someone who's looking to pass somebody, you'll figure out a way to pass them. If you're finding someone the other way too, if you're like looking to not pass somebody and say like, I'm, I don't care, I know you have a concussion, you'll find stuff to go that route too. It, you need someone who's a very unbiased, going to go into there and actually do the test as accurately as possible and then assess them as accurately as possible, which... You know, it can be tough. That's what they're supposed to have. I mean, they have spotters that are there. The NFL sends spotters to kind of watch for players that are happening on during the game. Hey, the uh, 56 looks a little wobbly. Make sure you pull them out and check them. You know, then they have the the the, the, the doctors on the sideline. They're not team doctors. So it's, I know the Dolphins are getting dragged for this whole thing, you know, but it's like it's not their doctor. I mean, their doctor may have cleared them later in the week. You know, they may have done a, 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 another test during the week, but game time it's not the dolphins doctors it's the nfl's doctors so you know so, sorry let's say he, he did pass let's say he was fine that that hit last night on thursday night football that was hardcore whiplash i mean it, there wasn't you know it wasn't like he was trying to do it on purpose it's just how football happens and and of course it's going to happen like that after he's coming off something where you think it's a concussion so you know even if he would have passed that that was pretty damaging last night and with his hands with the with the brain that was just, that was one of the most scariest things I think I've ever seen on, on a football field. Yeah. When you see something like that, I mean, my mind went right to spinal cord. Cause uh, when you see that it was called decorticate posturing, which is 
uh, you know, the, the arms flex like they were, the fingers, the hands. I mean, the, exactly like you were just talking about. Um, you're looking definitely a heavy brain injury, but then you're yeah. also worried, like I said, about spinal cord. It's called upper motor neuron lesion is something that would occur usually there. Um, it, it's, a, it's a terrifying thing. Um, luckily, he did have movement in his arms pretty quickly. Obviously, he got cleared from the hospital. Now, that's also something I would want to point out, though. A lot of people now are saying, like, oh, well, he he's out of the hospital. Or there was the McDaniels conference where he was like, we were sitting there watching MacGruber and laughing and having a good time on the plane. First of all, why are you watching MacGruber? There's so many exactly. other options out there. Um, if any, It's just weird. But anyway, <laughs> there are a plethora of stories where player, football player, boxer, et cetera, leaves the match. 24, 40 hours later, drops dead. So just because he got discharged from the hospital, just because he was enjoying MacGruber, does not mean that he's out of the woods currently. There's still, we're still, I am still worried about Tua, and I'm curious as to where this is going to go for him. You usually see that kind of stuff in combat sports. You talk about boxing, MMA, where like their their, their limbs will kind of you know seize up on them and. You know, there was something happened recently where, where a boxer passed away a few days later or what. I mean, it's just don't mess around with your head injury, guys. I mean, <laughs> the players, they, they know. I mean, that this, like I said, but some players, they want to get out there. I mean, it's it's there's still this macho thing going on. They still feel they, they have to get out there and do what they got to do. And like I said, it's their livelihood. So they want to do all they can. But that's your brain, man. I mean, that's, you know, if the brain goes, you're done. You know what I mean? So uh, it's so easy for, for us sitting here. To, to say, you know, yeah, like you said, like, it's your brain. But think about it as from Tua, you know, he's had a rough beginning to his career. Yep. He's had the injuries before. You know, he's finally hitting stride. He's got the weapons. He's feeling good. Like, I I understand why he is thinking and saying, I can't let this opportunity, I can't let this current flow him and go. But someone then has to protect the player. Like you said, you know, whether it's, uh, whether, whether it's the independent doctor, whether it's the, you know, the doctors and the trainers of the staff, whether it's the coaches. Um, someone in, in the chat we're in posted a, a video recently that was discussing how Mike Tomlin, right, held out Ryan Clark with after he yeah. had his diagnosis of sickle cell anemia, yep. even though he was cleared medically. Mike Tomlin said, you know, I know this is not the right time. This is not appropriate. We're going to take this slow and do the right steps. So, you know, so at some point in time, someone's got to help the player. And that's a perfect example of coaches putting health over performance. Yeah, I mean, I at this point, he's got to be shut down for, for several, several weeks now. You know, I mean, the steps to, to, to clear now, we're talking at least a few weeks now since he, this, I'm assuming this is finally going to be a diagnosis of concussion. So now we're at least talking, you know, three, four weeks, probably longer for Tua. I would imagine so. Um, and this kind of goes also back to why potentially, and I'm saying potentially, there might have been a little funky play with the actual original diagnosis. Because, right, the Dolphins were on a short week. They had to play four days later. And to get through the entirety of a post-concussion protocol takes a while. You need to be symptom-free with just with your everyday activities of daily living. You know, you have to do that for the day. Then you move on to the next day where you have to have limited – with limited activity, light aerobic activity, you know, maybe five to ten minutes, symptom-free. Then you move on to heavier aerobic activity. Again, symptom, you know, each of these usually takes at least about a day. Then you can do football-specific exercise. Then you do club-based non-contact drills. Then you finally get to do a full football activity. I mean, that's five different steps at a minimum. Again, symptom-free. There's no way he would have been back in time if you're doing it accurately. So for I, I'm that's why I'm leaning towards there's maybe something funky going on in the first place. And from this point on, 
absolutely it's gonna take a while and especially now with everything going on I, the dolphins i would assume are going to be overly conscientious Extra. trying to prove that they are not the team that's going to throw someone out there after they've had a pretty serious and by pretty I mean very serious brain assault yeah a month or two let them sit and then even that let you know let them sit a little longer so let's let's get into the chicago bears here um before we get into the injury report let's talk about this byron pringle a wide receiver went to injury reserve um, I heard you on your show, you said that, you know, the injury was kind of like this fluke. You like it just, he was playing, then he wasn't. I mean, there was no severe hit. I mean, did you see anything in the game that caused him to go to IR? I mean, sideline, what, what's the deal with Pringle here? That's the thing. I mean, I was scanning through the game and I didn't see anything particularly. Nothing. Yeah. It, usually, like, you know, with a hit, calf almost looks similar to hamstring where someone pulls up normally. And that didn't really come out. Um, so I'm assuming it was something a little more low key. And then when he went to the sideline, maybe during a rotation, a substitution, all of a sudden was like, hey, my calf's tightening up on me. Just based on him going to IR and the fact that it's not a long-term IR, it's a short-term IR, one has to believe it's going to be a calf strain, yeah. you know, more in that grade level two, level three area, uh, which would require that, you know, that at a minimum that four weeks to be able to heal. Uh, it's just one of those little fluky things, like we said, where the force he was he needed to create, you know, when he pushed off in that moment for the calf to contract, he, the muscle just couldn't handle it at that time. It's kind of similar to, if you look, think about the Kevin Durant Achilles tear, if anyone can picture that video where he went to go push off and that Achilles went, it's similar. Uh, just didn't have the strength in that calf in order to, to handle it at that point in time. And um, that also kind of goes back to, he missed a lot of time over the summer, right? Yeah. Uh, so he was, his football shape maybe wasn't at a hundred percent. And you can see, you can imagine that would be the case with him missing so much time previously. This is why a lot of the coaches, especially the Bears coaches, talk about when they want to ramp guys up. You know, they don't want to they don't want to put them in too quickly because they want to make sure their body's able to to do it. And, and another thing you touched on was the, the four week IR. I mean, this year for the first time, you can bring up to eight players back from injured reserve. They have to miss a minimum of four games. And when when Pringle was once IR, the Bears signed Joe Thomas off their practice squad. And of course, a lot of fans, why are you signing a linebacker? When you, when you have a receiver and the receiving core is bad as it is, that's because Nikhil Harry, after this after next week's game, the, the, the fourth game, he can now come back from IR. And the timetable that you talked about when he first had the tightrope surgery, you said that probably made sense that he would come back after four weeks. Is that you still think that's about where he should be? I'm leaning towards the six. I mean, he can come back in four. It's entirely possible. Um, I'm leaning towards the six just because the more explosive the player is. So, you know, I actually just recently did a podcast talking about this with Mac Jones because I'm thinking he may require the same surgery. I Mac Jones that with uh, with uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, our guy Kyrie, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if anyone has any interest in Patriot stuff, go check it out. It's it's a really <laughs> cool podcast, and we we broke out a little bit for for a while there. It was a cool one to do. Um, he would be more likely to be at that four week mark because as a quarterback, especially a not very mobile quarterback, yeah. um, he just doesn't need as much of that explosion. Doesn't is not as worried about that ankle stability for someone like a Nikhil Harry, who you're hoping again, he's not exactly the fastest wide receiver out there. He's more of a big body guy, but um, with some of that more downfield explosion that he doesn't need, you're leaning closer to that five or six week mark, I would believe. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see for sure. It's possible, just not as likely. I believe they they can they can have him practice after the four weeks. I believe they kind of let him work out first. They don't have to actually activate him, activate him. Correct. So they have a chance to look at him. They'll have to ramp up. Um, and then, of course, at that receiver position, it bears. 
Yeah, the receiving core is not the best, but you know, there's some depth there. I mean, there's no standout guy where you got, you know, where, where he, he's going to get all the time. They'll rotate those guys a lot. You know, you, as soon as he is back, you know, they'll have uh, Smith Marsetkin, some reps there. You know, we'll talk about a guy here in a second who's back now. So, you know, they'll have a chance to work him in slowly until he's ready. So we don't have another Byron Pringle situation where he maybe comes back too quick and pulls something. So let's jump into the, to the actual report here. It, it, it's a big one, man. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. It's, you know, look, if you were watching the video, the, the graphic is cut off. Man, I can't even use my fancy graphic. Let's get that out of here. So the Bears, man, we'll kind of hop around because a lot of the injuries that the Bears have, they kind of play in with what the Giants have. Um, so let's just start off with the three guys that are out for the Bears. David Montgomery with his ankle. Um, Jalen Johnson, that quad injury is still bothering him. And then Dane Krunkshank, uh safety. This may not be a bad week for Jalen Johnson. They're going to kind of take it easy because, as, as, as you see, the Giants, they have two in, uh, two guys on IR at, at receiver. They have two starters out right now in Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson, both guys listed as starters. So they only got, I think, four healthy receivers. They'll bring a guy from the practice squad probably, but the passing attack's not the best. So if you got to give Jalen Johnson another week, this is probably the week to do it. Well, that, that was my thought, and we dove into this a little heftier when uh, in our bare bones right podcast. Go check mm-hmm. that out if you didn't get a chance to. But you know, Jalen Johnson wasn't doing much on a Thursday. He was just on a bike. Uh, Adam Johns reported that he wasn't even riding the bike; he was just sitting on the bike in terms of uh, what he was able to see. But that's um, that, that uh, there, there's a bike in my house here. That's what our bikes use for. It's it's, it's, it's somewhere to rest or the hats right. go on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with that quad, it's, it's so important. Uh, you don't want to mess with with the quad because if you need you need that quad stability in order to really help the ligaments within the knee those intracapsular ones uh like the acl pcl etc if you rush that now all of a sudden you're looking at a longer term thing and like you said uh right now the starting receivers are going to be i believe is richie james and kenny galladay who hasn't who's got what two passes in like three years uh you're not super worried about that if you're the bears so if you can buy more time for jalen johnson you absolutely do that because uh, this game is not the one that you need to be rushing him back for. Yeah, there's there's some issues there, obviously with their sec with with uh with 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 the Bears secondary, but the Giants receiving core is not the best. Plus, they got Danny Dimes throwing the ball, who's he's good for at least at least a pick or a fumble every week. It seems like that's what's going to happen. So, and then I mentioned David Montgomery. He he's obviously out with that ankle injury. Um, a- ankle knee is kind of how it was originally listed, but it seems like it's more ankle now, and you know, high ankle sprain. We hear that a lot, and, and you talked about it on, on your show, Bare Bones. It's it's a different type of injury. So if this was the high ankle sprain, they may have wanted to IR him because that's usually a little longer of a recovery time, correct? It usually is. It's so hard with Dave Montgomery. Every time I think that he's going to be out three weeks, four weeks, um, it goes back to the MCL he had last year. It goes back yeah. to he had, an ad, he had a groin strain that last year as well in the early training camp. He blows that number out of the water and he's back sooner. Yeah, I saw this one when I watched the video the first time and I was like, okay, this is a six week injury. Knee, ankle, boom, he, he's going to be out. But, you know, if that was the case, they would have IR'd him for the four weeks. There's yeah. no reason to keep him around. So, you know, if he, if his knee is fine, um, if, and if it, if that is a more grade one in terms of that high ankle, you know, only had a little bit of that, we'd say a derangement of the syndesmosis between the lower leg bones, the tibia and the fibula. Yeah, you absolutely can come back from that in two, three weeks only compared to the original six weeks, I was thinking. 
Plus, he's got that Wolverine blood in him. He's just uh, he's always back early. But with with Demo out, though, that means more Khalil Herbert, uh, more Tristan Ebner, and it's possible they have a practice squad tailback as well. Uh, Darrington Evans, he may get called up just so you want to have a, another guy there. You, know, you want to have a guy there that can find a place on special teams for you. So that's I mean, they might I want to call him up just to kind of have an extra body there, just to be on the safe side. And then the Bears have two guys listed as doubtful. Uh, Matthew Adams, he was out last week. Ryan Griffin also out last week. I can't see either one playing. With Adams, it's the hamstring. And then with Griffin, it's the Achilles. And Griffin actually tested it out on Wednesday. And then he was do, do not practice, did not practice Thursday, Friday. So I can't see those guys playing. Is that just the same with you? I would say the same thing, especially with with Ryan Griffin. When you go from a limited participation to two DNPs in a row, you know there was a reactivation there. That Achilles got flared up. Likely he there was a lot of swelling. Likely he had trouble walking. There's a lot of pain with that. There's I, there's just no way I can see that happening. And then even with with Matthew Adams, you know, hamstring two DNPs and a limited like that's not a a great sign there. And then uh, the Bears have four questionable players. Uh, Robert Quinn, uh, he's sick. He practiced on Wednesday. Um, then he, he caught something. They haven't said it was COVID, so that's everyone's first thought is, oh, my God, it's COVID. But, you know, that, that hasn't happened. So the Bears are hopeful he'll play. Cairo Santos is questionable with a personal issue. Sterling Weatherford, backup uh, linebacker questionable. We'll talk about the list, the, the other questionable guy in a minute. I want to talk real quick about uh, the Cairo Santos situation. Um, Brad Biggs reported that he may miss the game. You know, the Bears are planning on there's a good chance that he may miss the game for something personal. Um I did not catch. Was there any, any 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 late reports about that that you saw, Mason? The only thing I specifically saw was uh, someone did ask Eberflus directly in the press conference if they they said, "Are you planning on bringing another kicker in if Cairo Santos is not ready to go?" And Eberflus responded, "I am not willing to talk about that at this time." Okay, that's a it's an interesting response. If he wasn't going to be there, you'd think it'd be like, "Hey, Cairo's got some personal stuff. You know, we're going to figure this out going forward." The fact that he was so non-committal either way is a very interesting response on his end. I'm guessing on Saturday they'll make a roster move. Uh, they worked out three kickers on Friday: Michael Badgley, Brian Johnson, and Josh Lambeau. Uh, so I'm guessing they're either going to do a straight roster move where they'll sign him to the at 53, or they may put him on the practice squad, uh, make a move there, and then elevate him to the to the active 53. But I'm assuming Saturday they'll make a they'll make a move at some point. Uh, so make sure you guys all check back at windycitygrand.com because we're not going to update the podcast because that's you know once it's in the can it's in the can. But I will put an article up really quick on the site if there's a uh, if there's a roster move there made tomorrow. And then this the fourth questionable guy we've been waiting to see this rookie third round draft pick, Valus Jones Jr. His hamstring he has not been able to practice. You've you've been on that with the hamstring injury. You've been calling it. You know he's going to miss, going to miss, going to miss. You said there's probably a good chance based on how he's been working out that this will be the week. And he was a participant, a full participant on Friday. So you're thinking that we're going to finally see Valus Jones. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, 
if there was out there somewhere with someone willing to put down a bet, you know, will Vela's play or not play, and they were going to take the no, I would put all the money I have in the world on him playing. I believe we're going to see the debut of Bayless Jones. Now, I think there's going to be a bit of a snap count. You know, it's not going to be 100%. And part of that is, again, just managing what he's what he has. You don't want to have some re-exacerbation of the hamstring. But also keep in mind the kind of player he is, too. You know, one of the issues I would say Bears fans have had and some and some pundits have had is that he's a bit of a gadget player. And so, no, he's not going to go out there. Don't expect a 10-catch game out of, out of Bayless Jones. Expect a, you know, maybe a reverse, like the, like you know, Equinemia St. Brown had, he had two of those. One of those is probably going to go to Bayless. Yeah. Uh, maybe even like a handoff, like you would give to a Cordell Patterson, like what they're doing with the Falcons, you know, expect him to run a fly or two, trying to create that downfield, use that burner speed that he does have. Um, so think about a six, seven play kind of combo where they're using him in an interesting manner. And then potentially also punt return, kick return. Cause right now the bears have got nothing out of those two positions. Yeah, with Ebner, he did it in college. He was pretty successful in college, but so far in the NFL uh, with the Bears, Ebner hasn't really done too much. Pettis, you know, Pettis was, again, another guy who was in college, was fantastic as a, as a return guy, but, you know, he hasn't done much with the Bears. So they need some, they need some juice there. And, and if, if Bayless can give him some juice in the return game, you know, you figure, you know, four or five touches there, you know, you figure he'll get another few touches in the offense. And I'm with you, I think, a gadget guy. And you know what? I have no problem if he's a gadget guy. He, he's a third round draft pick. You know, he's not being picked to be a, a, a starting starting guy for you. If he can work himself up to that, that's great. But if, if best case scenario for his entire career, he's a guy that is around here and he, and he has like, you know, seven, eight, nine touches a game somehow, some way you mentioned the jet sweeps, you know, give it to Jones, the, 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 reverses give it to jones you know a, a couple things deep give it to jones you know down the seam you know let, let him see what he can do but with the hamstring injury if there's any if there's any twinge at all back there they're going to shut that down right away right yeah and that's the thing um there's going to be we talk about spotters for concussion i mean the bears are going to have someone you know whether it's um, andre tucker who's you know the head athletic trainer or one of the assistants i'm pretty sure they're going to get the the talking to beforehand like hey keep an eye on Velas. if you see something you know a little funky you tell you a lot of snow and we will pull him out because we saw earlier the reason Velas just got delayed so much is yep. he had a re-aggravation he's yep. not gonna t- tell you because he wants to play he wants to prove that he was worth that third round pick you know he doesn't want to be a disappointment he wants to be a part of this team and he wants to contribute so it's gonna be very interesting on the Bears sideline in terms of how they're, how they're managing that yeah so I'm excited. I want to see him play. You know, I think uh, they knew he was back. That's why they didn't make a roster move with Pringle. Uh, they knew Harry's coming back soon. So, man, I'm excited to see this offense really, really open up here and 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 test the uh, the Giants, who it's not a very good football team. I mean, yeah, they're they're two and one like the Bears are, but you know, I, I mentioned they're missing a couple receivers. You know, they're also missing their, their best defensive tackle, Leonard Williams, who when he was in there for the first two weeks, he he's a force. I mean, he is a run stopping force. You know, they, they talked about it on the 10 minute drill. Uh, uh, Robert and JB earlier today, that's videos up on second, second, down right now. They talked about the differential in the average yards per carry. The, the, the Cowboys gashed them. And, and part of that reason is because Williams was out there. He, he's a big body in there. He could stop the run. That's what his, his job is. So he's out. You know, then of course they're missing two backup corners, which, okay, they're backup corners, but man, that hurts their depth, you know, because if, if now if there's an injury anywhere, you're turning the guys that you know could be a, a practice spot elevation because you got both your backups out. So 
I'm picking the Bears. I can't see the Bears losing this week. You know, I, I know it sounds weird, you know, p- picking them because – and so being so confident about it, you know, especially because because the Vegas Lions have, them, have have the Giants favored. But I just can't see the Bears losing this game. How about you? And it, you even add on, you know, he's, pl- he's playing, but Kayvon Thibodeau, he had that MCL and he's yes. still not at 100%. Yep. So he's going to be slowed down too. Um yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a battle of the run game. You know, go. we're going to go back to some nice 1980s football uh, between Saquon and, and Khalil Herbert. They're going to have like 50 carries each. It's going to be nuts. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just something I feel about this week. Like, I didn't feel great going into the last game with Justin. For some reason, this week, hearing him talk, I feel better about where he's going to be at. And as, when I looked at last game, it wasn't like he – he was looking in the right places. He just wasn't pulling the trigger. So I think with another week of looking at the film, another week of seeing, like we say, Hey, trust your eyes and trust what you're seeing. I, I think we're going to see some better output. And I, I'm sorry, I just can't pick Danny dimes. I, when it comes down to it, I just can't like, he's going to fall at least three times in this game. You know, I was watching that game on Thursday and he seems to have, a, a, for judging both quarterbacks right now, he seems to have a little better pocket awareness than Justin Fields does right now. But of course, we're talking about a, a four-year pro and a guy who's a, a second-year pro and who's, you know, working a new offense, you know, with, 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 with Danny Dimes again, is in a, in a new offense as well. But that's a, that's a, that's a very quarterback friendly, you know, system they have there that goo. He's like, you know, Brian Dable, that's, that's who a Bears fans wanted. They wanted Dable over here. So, you know, I, I think Danny Dimes, you know, he, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. You know, he's basically on the Mitch Trubisky path here. You know, we'll see what happens with him. But I was talking, I did a, a Giants podcast earlier this week. Uh, Ed Valentine, uh, Big Blue Blue, uh, Big Blue View. Uh, that's a tongue twister. And I, he was he was telling me that he, they don't see him staying. They feel that he's going to be this year. They can't see it working out. You know, he he's one of them gone for a long time. And I talk about the turnovers. He averages like I, he literally averages like a turnover a game. I mean, he's good for at least going to happen. And then, of course, you got the defense, the hits philosophy. They're all punching the ball out. You know, man, I feel weird being so confident. But, man, I, I'm going Bears. I'm going Bears with the, with, the, with the money line this week, too. And add in there that Evan Neal, while I, I was high on Evan Neal, I still am. I think he's going to be great. He's struggled. He's and so if there's a get-right game for, you know, for some of these edge rushers and yeah. to get going, like Dominic Robinson has been pretty solid, uh, maybe hopefully – Quinn can finally get some pressure on someone, you know, that adds to it too. And then well, I like one point you brought up in terms of the experience that Danny Dimes has had compared to Justin Getsy said this week that he still considers this to kind of, to be Justin Fields rookie year. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that last year was a waste. It just was, I'm sorry. He's seeing things way differently the way they, they want him to see things are way differently. Hence why I think he's kind of over-processing some things. He wants every throw to be perfect instead of taking just the good, right? There's that phrase, you know, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. So I think that's kind of where he's at right now. But you bring in those other factors too. Like, I can't confidently pick the Giants. Um, I, I would absolutely pick them, like I said, on the money, uh, the Bears on the money line. I'm thinking it's going to be like 23 17 Bears. Nice. You heard it. You know, it's, it's, it's in there. Bears going to win the game. We're going to move to three and one. And then the, does the narrative change? Or are we still going to be talking about, yeah, they win, but man. I want to see Justin do better. I, I think he'll have a little better game this week. I think it's just, again, it's not a very good defense. I think that it's coming. I mean, you talked about all the stuff he's having to learn, how he's, they consider him like a rookie again. It's He's got new footwork. 
he's he's holding the ball a little higher. You know, he's got to work on his little bit of arm angle. You know, he's wearing a new scheme, and he's throwing to Equinemius St. Brown and, you know, was throwing to Byron Pringle. You know, Mooney and him haven't had that connection yet. The, the commit connection hasn't happened yet. So I I believe it's coming. It may not be this week, but but it's coming. It's going to click for him at some point. But, uh, yeah. So, Mason, everyone make sure you guys check out Mason's show. Like I said, Bare Bones, him and Danny, me and on Thursdays at 5 o'clock Central Time. Uh, then, of course, when we're done, we'll chop it up, put it on a podcast. Uh, check check out the whole channel. Like I said earlier at the top, man, we got we have something pretty much every night on the podcast channel, every day on the podcast channel. And on the video channel, Second City Gridiron. So we are we're doing so much stuff. Of course, the site is always jumping too, windycitygridiron.com. But do you have any final words before we get out of here? No, I think we said we said everything we could possibly say about this game of the two titans of the NFL. Two and one versus two and one, the three and one. So someone's gonna come out of this feeling really good about themselves. So so until next time, bear down, my friends. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.